Welcome to the one and only Dog Pod. It's week six. BT and the Log Dog here ready to break down the Huskies' 28-14 home win over the USC Trojans. And of course, we'll preview our next week six road trip to Palo Alto, California, and the waiting Stanford Cardinal. Law Dog guys, the dogs, they were favored by 10. And for the second week, they would win and they would cover the Douglas Fir and Spruce community at Husky Stadium. We're spared your wrath. Woof, woof. I mean... No need to get meaty after the game on this one, buddy. No, 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 no. no. All all celebration. All positive vibes. Do your best Tony Castercone, buddy. Give me the cliff notes. What happened? All right. Well, you know, BT, I just couldn't help but think during the game and then reflecting on it, this was a game of several really critical turning point plays that just about all of them ended up going the Huskies' way. So this one actually started with a touchback. USC moving down to the UW 42-yard line, then they were forced to punt. Eason getting sacked on third down. On their first series, UW punts it back. It's a little bit of a defensive struggle early on here. USC going three and out with a huge sack by Kyler Manu on third down on their next series. Then USC shanks a punt here a little bit and puts UW in business after a nice return by Aaron Fuller to the USC 35 with five minutes left to go in the first. So UW goes to McClatcher on a fly sweep reverse for 19 yards. Then Richard Newton eventually runs it in for a one-yard touchdown. So it's 7 nothing Washington in the first next series. Great start. And ended very quickly for the Trojans here. Matt Binks pass intercepted by Cam Williams on their second play from scrimmage. UW is in business again from the USC 38-yard line. Short fields here early on. Then this is one of those critical plays, BT. UW driving down close. They're in second and goal from the USC 5. And Salvan Ahmed, who had an otherwise unbelievable day for the Huskies, gets the handoff but fumbles into the end zone. The ball's bouncing around. It's picked up by Andre Bocelli for the touchdown. 14 nothing. Oh. That one could have swung this game early oh on. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Hard All skipped. right, so the team's trade punts at the end of the first and start of the second. Now UW is pinned back at their own two-yard line here. Whit- Whitford gets off actually a decent 43-yard punt, but USC is back in business after their return to the UW 39. The death row D look great in this game here, BT. Even here, they made the Trojans take 10 plays to go. That's 39 yards, but eventually USC does punch it in with a Matt Fink sneak and it was 14-7 Washington. So UW gets the ball down down the field here. They get the ball back with time running out in the first half. They get all the way down to the USC 10-yard line with just two seconds left in the half. But an interesting here, this is another one of those plays, BT. Fourth and one from midfield with 2.52 left in the half. They end up going for it. I thought for sure at the time this is going to be a pooch punt, right? But they end up going for it with another one of those sweet plays to McClatcher. And this could have been another interesting turning point. Instead, they kind of are able to work their way down the field. They didn't. They, they used up too much clock here, I guess. But and they ended up having to settle for the field goal. But it's still 17-7 Washington half. We'll take it. Then we get the ball back. The Huskies to start the second half. McGrew opens it up with a nice 27-yard return out to the 38. Then a big play to Kate Otten for 36 yards from Jacob Eason. And then that leads to another UW field goal. So it's 20-7 to here starting the second half. You couldn't help but wonder at this point, right? Are we going to put these guys away? I know. We're, mo- yeah. we're moving the ball. We're dominating, but we just can't seem to get a comfortable lead. Teams are trading punts here in the third quarter. And then here's a couple of those more of those key plays. With just under six minutes left in the third, USC's driving the ball down the field. This is their best drive of the game so far. And the, from the Washington 10-yard line, Fink throws up a high ball for the end zone. Out of nowhere, Elijah Molden <laughs> flying in from above like Spider-Man, takes the second Huskies interception of the day, flips the, the script, and then 
Two plays later, BT, Salvan Ahmed ripping off that 89-yard touchdown, just bursting through the USC front, pulling away from the Trojan secondary. Now Washington's ahead 26-7. to Peterson puts on a little two-pointer here. It's another one of those little shovel passes to McClatcher on the fly sweep, and it's 28-7. Three of these key plays, and they needed to go to somebody, and they went to McClatcher going for that speed around the corner. Yeah, the sweep was there. So when do we think, oh, Washington's got a speed edge on the Trojans, but apparently that's how they they looked at it coming into the game. They were going to the edges there. Trojans actually come right back here at the end of the third quarter, and this is probably the worst series defensively for the Huskies. Um, Fink finds Michael Pittman for a 44-yard touchdown. It's really the only play that burned the Huskies all day, but it did burn them bad for a touchdown, so it's 28-14. Then Huskies grab one first down on the next series here, but this was their last first down of the day here early in the fourth. Trojan defense really clamping down, but the death row defense really earns their stripes right here. They force USC three and out, get the ball back in Trojan territory, but then Bush Hamden trying to get too cute. They dig into the playbook with that reverse play. Hunter Bryant, they fumble the exchange. Trojans recover, but again, death row defense still comes up big. They force a three and out. Then they're able to get the ball back, punt it to the Trojans back in their territory. Then just over four minutes left. This was the icing BT. Trojans go for it on fourth down from the Washington four-yard line, come up short. Then they get it back with just 324 remaining. But Cam Williams comes up with the third interception of the day, the second one on the goal line BT. And then this one salts away the clock, and Washington wins at 28-14. This was the day, BT, we will say. The death row defense earned that name. Oh, man, they really came to play. Let me just go, should I just get into the defense. Let's, yeah, let's, let's talk let's about it a, a little bit. And um, you were there You were there at the game. Beautiful atmosphere. The fans were in effect. Nice, sunny. It looked great. Um, I was able to watch this at TV. It was out celebrating um, you know, a good buddy from UW's wedding. Congratulations to Lane and Jane Garrison out there at Sun Valley. We'd rented out um, a big portion of this bar there, Village Station, with all these Husky fans everywhere. One, one Trojan fan who looked like he came out of central casting from, 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 Trojan, uh, from like Trojan lore with his ass. Scott, super nice guy, though, but we let him have it a little bit. Um, so nice, always nice to, uh, to see that one with a group of Husky fans, even if he can't make the home game. Net, net, man, the death row defense held a power five, a power five opponent, and at USC, they're always USC, to 14 points, right? Yeah, so, I mean, that's that. the end of the day. You know, a team that put up, look, 45 on Stanford, 30 on Utah, right? So the D came to play. This and is that was Matt Fink. Everyone's saying, oh, well, they're on the third string quarterback. Every quarterback on their roster is a blue chipper. Matt Fink put up all those points against Utah. That is not an excuse. It, it absolutely isn't. I mean, so look, you've got to be pleased with how they did at the end of the day. And this is probably a USC team that is still going to upset a lot of teams and go bowling at some point this year. All that talk about the SC passing game and receivers. They actually rushed the ball pretty well, man. 212 yards, 6.4 yards a carry. But, you know, the, like, the, you know, the biggest one was that long one by Stephen Carr uh, that, you know, or essentially taken off the board by the pick anyway. Even Matt Fink rushed for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know, if you rewatch that, um, the one thing, you know, getting again, nitpicking here, uh, Jackson Sherman probably could have crushed him on that, but I think took a real bad angle and whiffed. Look, maybe this is because they were mostly rushing, you know, the dogs were rushing three for the most part, eight in coverage. And so SC's going to take what you give them. Mm-hmm. Right? This isn't a, you know, this isn't a, uh, you know, a, an air raid like a Mike Leach air raid where they're doing this no matter what happens. Like SC's going to take what you give them. That's what we gave them. Receivers were, I think, for the most part, held in check less that 44 yard touchdown pass um, from Fink to Michael Pittman, who, look, is, you know, NFL fell bound and so look if that's all you get that's all you get i thought if you look at the front line and watch the game pretty good penetration given we're only rushing three mostly like levi tuli um betting potawai in my opinion the real heroes of this game are the secondary oh yeah and the weapons were the turnovers man elijah molden's pick 
thing of beauty. Cam Williams gets two? Yeah. I mean, un- unreal. Miles Bryant continues to impress. I mean, just such a weapon, for particularly for his physical size. And you see him taunting the USC offensive lineman. Amazing. Who, yeah, after drawing awesome. him off sides, it was great. Um, seven tackles, um, one and a half tackles for loss. Trent McDuffie, man, the freshman, is just playing out of his mind right now with nine total tackles. He was great. He's been the biggest revelation, I'd say, of the, of the season so far. And, we, and, we came in thinking, somebody's going to be a hero in this death row secondary. We just don't know who. It's that's looking who, that's like McDuffie, that's, yeah. That's definitely who it's been. Because I think we saw a lot of guys last year who you know, good role players, but like, you know, McKinney getting torched by Ohio State and others that made, that made us concerned, but we figured out who was going to step up. And truthfully, really, big asks of Keith Taylor and Kyler Gordon to work on with Michael Pittman, uh, you know, and those guys are just, they're, they're Vaughns. They're very talented receivers. And uh, St. Brown. Yeah, and same. Brown, Brown, yeah. You know, he really hasn't put up the numbers this year that you'd expect, but he's still a but, total I mean, he's physical specimen. Per, punt returner. He's he's an elite athlete. He's yeah. an elite athlete. So look, all up into the day, um, you know, sure. Are the things they can improve on? They absolutely could, and they will. You held a very powerful USC offense to fourteen, and I'll take that all day. Yeah, and uh, I think I sent you that article from Christian Capel, the Athletic, talking about Jimmy Lake's game plan oh. to play press coverage, but then also keeping a safety or even two over the top to take away those deep balls. So that was kind of a new look that they said they introduced for this game uh, to counteract what Utah had done so wrong a week ago. So, you know, USC just kept trying to force it down the field. Mm -hmm. Though They should have, as well as they were running it, they should have just committed to that, especially in the third quarter when they still had time uh, in the game. But I think they're just, we're USC. We can do what we want. Nobody's as good as we are. I think that's kind of their, their weakness. And they just kept chucking it up into death row's hands. And, and I don't want to take away from Elijah Molden. That guy has played like all conference. I think him and McDuffie, frankly, uh, are both deserving of that. So both of those guys really had an amazing game. The whole secondary came to play. The whole defense stepped up. It was great to see. And a great big win. It's been a while since we beat those guys in Husky Stadium, and so it felt good. Uh, what do you say about the offense, man? How'd you grade them out? So, yeah, I think this is a little bit tougher to grade it on the offensive side. The defense gave them so many short fields, especially early when they grabbed those first two touchdowns. They didn't really need to go to the field that often the one time they did they did it on one play so yeah so Ahmed despite what could have been a really crippling fumble early on he ends the day with his best game as a Husky 153 yards on 17 carries but outside of that 89 yarder it starts to get pretty thin and you know he's just not the elite guy on the inside runner the way Gaskin and and maybe Sankey and Polk and some of our previous backs have been but dude you know, that's what when he breaks that 89 yarder and is running away from the U.S. No one's secondary, catching him. It's like, well, that's why he's on the field. Right. That yeah. right there. Uh, that kind of speed and athleticism and game breaking ability. So he's definitely um, definitely came to play in a big way in this one. Um, and then also Richard Newton can't help but notice getting another nine carries here, including a short touchdown. So I think this is, you know, looking like more of a committee than uh, than than Peterson has done in the past, especially in the Gaskin years. Eason, 16 for 26, 180 yards, no touchdowns, but no turnovers. Um, And unlike the Trojans, I think the Huskies were able to get actually a few medium to long gains in the passing game. They had that 36-yarder Otten, Hunter had a 20-yarder, Fuller had a 23-yarder. So they kind of did some things, but you can't help but note that the Huskies didn't really ever try to test this USC secondary deep. So I don't know whether that's a lack of confidence in their own receivers, whether Eason's not getting seeing them open in his reads, or whether that was kind of a game plan. Take thing. what you can get. Yeah, where they're just kind of taking what they can get there. But um, you know, they really didn't try to air it out. So for me, I'm 
you know, great in this offense, maybe a B on the day. Uh, maybe show you that to a B-plus in the running game. They really didn't get a first down in the fourth quarter when they really could have iced this game away, or, or I would have given them an A. Uh, passing games were like a gentleman's B-minus. You know, you can't dock them too much because uh, they came up with the win. Also, just wanted to mention offensive line, two sacks, five tackles for loss against the Trojans here. So, you know, that was – Eason's definitely under some more pressure than he has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, this was a great win. There's no complaints. I think this is the kind of the, the boost that the Husky fans and Husky Nation really needed. Sure. You know, got a little chippy. Trey Adams gets the personal foul. Um, and I think they, they probably played chippy all, all, all day. Yep. USC doesn't like being pushed around like that. But again, a real, real nice win. Special teams. Man, Joel Whitford, what a weapon. He was great. I mean, when you needed him. Unreal. So punts 40, 43, 36, and the dagger on that 45 yards to the freaking two. Yep. Like he put it in there with a sand wedge, man. Unreal. And it was a field position game that we won. That we won. And, and that's, that's a big reason why. And Joel was a big part of that. Peyton Henry, man. You know, the Peyton Henry tour just continues. 28 and 35 yard field goals. He only had to put up one extra point, nailed it. Um, ice in that kid's veins right now. And I'm just, I love seeing it. You know, I listened to the, uh, the coach Pete Pre- uh, Presser, and he, you know, he called out Aaron Fuller a little bit after being questioned about the fair catch on the five, which is, you know, it's a general mistake like if, if it's on the fight you, you, you want to let that go and just hope that it's yeah. gonna, it's going to bounce in uh and and luckily we didn't have to pay for that but you know all up i just think such a big improvement from from last year with respect to special teams. i just feel like it's solid it's solid again yeah, it may solid. not be a strength we're not i mean obviously we did break the long fuller broke that long one against byu um, but there haven't been that many huge game-breaking plays but we're not we're just we're solid. We're not giving up big plays. We're, we're winning field position games. That's what we need to do. I'll take that all day. So, look, 28-14, to 14, big win for the Huskies. At the end of the day, look, if, if people are out there, you're nitpicking on the Huskies and you're frustrated about things. Again, if you can't enjoy this win, I've said it before, I'll say it again, you're, you're, this fandom, you're not doing it right. Yeah, I mean, there's not. we talked about it last week, right? Only beaten USC, what, four times since the turn of the century? Every one of those was great, <laughs> including Saturday. Including it was great. It's amazing. I'll take it. I'll take. I don't it care all. if it's our third string quarterback. We I'll, beat them. I'll take. I'll take it all day. And this, is, and I, uh, it's a much better SC team than was last year. It really team. is. They are. They're going to come out and beat some people again this year. I, 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 I agree with that. that. So, all right. So let's move forward, guys. To next week. It's now number fifteen UW against two and three Stanford, seven thirty on ESPN this Saturday. Dogs favored by fifteen and a half, up from fourteen. Now this, I mean, this is really nuts. The kickoff. So, uh. Lifetime, if you look at this, it's about as close as you can get. Yeah. First match was in 1893. Lifetime were 43, 42, and 4. We need some separation. We need some separation before these guys. I don't want any of this more back and back and forth stuff. Um, you know, in the end, it's crazy. It's not really like a back and forth matchup, though. No. It's lopsided during different periods of strength. UW 18 and 2 from 77 to 2003, and then 4 and 10. For whatever reason, the dead silence of Stanford Stadium has not been kind to our Huskies, particularly at night. Chris Peterson has yet to lead us to victory in Palo Alto. Oh, crazy. But this is not your same David Shaw team here we're talking about. They started off with a nice win over Northwestern for the conference, 17 to 7. Then they were ranked number 23 in the country. Kind of forget about that. Then crushed at USC, 20 to 45. Blown out at Central Florida, 27 45. A home loss at 20 to 6, Oregon. Then last week they come from behind and finally get a win against Oregon State, 31 to 28. 15 and a half seems like a lot, man. With an over-under of 50, Vegas wants this thing 35 to 15 Huskies. I don't know, man. What do you think? A lot of talk to me. So it was out of 13 and a half. It's already a 15 and a half. I mean, that tells you where everybody's thinking about the Stanford team. It was really that home loss to 21-6 to Oregon where I was just like, man, 
What's going this on? Team this team does not look good. Yeah, you mentioned it, the streaks. Jim Owens era in the 1960s, Huskies won eight in a row. Then from 67 to 76, Stanford won 10 in a row. Then we go 18 and two. I mean, it's just been kind of back and forth, whoever's on top. And right now, we got to tell these guys that we are on top, right? That's right. This, so, is, this is our period. Yeah, so we, we've got to flip the script in this game. I, I, I really I want to see the Huskies go out and not just beat them. I want to see us pound them because this is this is a rivalry the last few years that have been really it's been really tough. It's been really back and forth. Even last year we were pulling away and Stanford mounts a comeback that kind of had us all biting our nails at the end. So this is one where we can flip the script and get a new streak going I think here. We, Huskies have won two out of the last three. It's time for us to win on the road down there. We know there's going to be about 10 people in the stands. So let's get this down. And and also, Stanford, I read this, is down to seven scholarship offensive linemen that are healthy. I wow. mean, this, this, is a, this is your opportunity here on defense, like it was in 2016, to really like push around their offensive line. So this is a statement game. We're going to tell the North we could play and win anywhere. Big win on Saturday. There's nothing else just for recruiting purposes, too. Stanford's been coming into Washington State uh, and poaching recruits from time to time. And, and I want to I be able to tell those kids, okay, you can leave here, but don't plan on ever beating us. That's okay? right. Yeah. All right, so let's get into a little bit of this uh, matchup here. Stanford defense, kind of not what we've been used to seeing uh, in recent seasons. But um, most people pick Stanford to be third in the north ahead of Wazoo, sure. But Cal has kind of been the surprise. We said Stanford would be a strong over on six and a half wins, but their defense just has not been holding up their end of the bargain, giving up 29 points a game so far this season against Pretty good opposition, to be fair, but I mean they're heading into the meat of their conference schedule now. So uh, this this is not that same Stanford defense. They've been giving up twenty three points a game the last couple of years, but that is still a full touchdown, basically uh, above where they were from like the twenty eleven to twenty fourteen era. So uh, they gave twenty eight points to Stan- or Oregon State a week ago, three hundred thirty seven yards through the air, and then they gave up three hundred seventy seven to USC in that game that you mentioned a few weeks ago. So, you know, we talk about our 12-pack radio partners and their beta rank. Uh, Stanford's actually 26th nationally, fifth in the Pac-12 against the run. So that's kind of the strength of their defense. Way down, 111th in the nation behind UCLA in the passing defense. So Stanford's really been hit by the graduation. They lost four of their top six DBs from a year ago. They still have that one elite corner in Paulson Adebo, um, but they have really been rebuilding and just looking for the right mix back there. So this is really, I think mm-hmm. this is a big Jacob Eason game is what I'm looking for here. I mean, you, you also would saw, love to see it. Yeah, you also saw Yuda put Puka Nakua in the depth chart this week for the first time, so maybe they're kind of elevating him uh, to the point where he's going to be getting on the field a little bit. Um, you know, this just is not the, the same speed that we've seen out of Stanford on defense either. So I think this is one where if you thought you had a team speed edge against USC last week and you were going for the edges, this is a game where you really need to take advantage of that and exploit their, your speed advantage. I'm sure the grass is going to be extra long down on the farm. Oh, so yeah. that's, sure. just, that's just something we got to deal with. But uh, As long as the crowd is quiet. Yeah, I mean it. It's the you know. I mean, that, I, I guess if that's what you're going to do, it's a tough atmosphere it's to play weird, in. Though, yeah, so it, weird. it feels like a scrimmage, right? It's uh, so weird. Yeah. So yeah, I think this is a big week for the Husky offense to kind of show their versatility. This has been the strength of this team so far. We know Death Row's kind of starting to gel a little bit, and they're mm-hmm. starting to look pretty good. But they're they're not going to be facing the type of athletes that they were uh, against SC last week on the defensive side. Now on the offensive side, you know, you still got KJ Costello back there. He knows what he's doing. Is he going to be healthy for this one? 
Yeah, this yeah. could I mean, this could be the the David Mills era of what we're seeing, and you know you think about oh it's this changing style going from going you know against an air raid to the traditional road graders, but I know you know they're on the road. I don't know how much grading they're they're doing at this point. Like this isn't this isn't the same Stanford offense, and they don't have that playmaker at running back the way that they had with Bryce Love. Then there was Christian McCaffrey, there was Toby Gerhardt. We forget there was this huge line of great running backs here. Cameron Scarlett just has not been that guy. Well, let's go through it. It's kind of interesting. So you know if you look at their total numbers, they're last in the Pac-12 in, to- in offense which is wild 20.2 yeah. points a game you do not expect to see that right um and, and that's on a per game basis because you forget they've, they've already played five games mm-hmm. at the zero right so second to the last in rushing at 112 yards a game um at pass and second in the uh, second in the last in uh in uh in passing as well so i mean this is you know this they're struggling the rushing and track is truly a one-man show though it's really interesting you talk about no bryce love no christian mccaffrey cameron scarlett he's getting all the touches this is not a committee mm-hmm. right so it's interesting of like, he's the only back in the Pac-12 with over 400 yards rushing. Granted, he's had an extra game to do it. But it's wild. You see his name at the top of the, of the total yards chart and think, wait, how are they second to last in total, in total rushing then? They're giving this guy a ton of opportunities. And he's just not able to do a, do a lot with them. Look, we assume that we're prepping for David Mills. I don't know. It, it just sounds like they're, they're hemming and hawing. They're saying, you know, Costello is doubtful. So who knows what that means? And, it could and, be trying to play a little games with Peterson. And I think that those who made the argument at the beginning of the year, and it was a nice like, you know, if you're you're, you're trying to get some, uh, you know, clickbait to say no, the tr- you know the true where why are we talking about uh, you know where, t- where are we where are we talking about Herbert? Why are we talking about Eason? It's Costello is the best quarterback to fucked up. What please? Okay, I don't, oh, okay. I, don't I, I, I don't I don't think maybe top top half sure. Um, Mills got 245 yards and three touchdowns against the Beavers. They needed to come from behind, but uh, you know, obviously he's a big step down if that's who we're preparing for. In the end of the day, I think this is a tough road trip for our guys, but I do like them. I think that our defense will be a, something that these guys haven't seen yet. Um, Could be, yeah. And and should be able to play incredible well, just assuming that they can keep that mentality on the road and not overlook these guys. I, I think before you asked me before the season, I would have said, yes, this is a game I got circled on my calendar that's never been a cakewalk for us. We've won down there once since basically the end of the Rick Neuheisel era, and that was 2007, one of the worst Stanford teams you know, in recent memory. So you know, I looked at that and said, okay, that's one I'm going to be worried about. But I look at the way the trajectories are going right now. Huskies are on the rise. Stanford particularly that game against Oregon where they just they didn't even put up an offensive touchdown at home. I could see Death Row doing something similar to them this week and I just I think this is going to be a big husky win. I really do. I'm feeling it. Yeah, and if you get this, I mean then you're you were ta- we're probably having the same conversation here next week with how long has it been since we've beat Arizona. You know, they're not playing with their starting quarterback though. Maybe he goes back this week. It seems like this could Give be us a week before we have to break out the depressing Arizona state of Arizona statistics. Yeah, PT. Those okay. those yeah, those, those will come out, but back to back, these are setting us ourselves up right. All right. So look, I you know, I don't know. The line is really big. And I, I this isn't something I'm not gonna tell you how to bet one way or the other, but I do like my dogs winning this game. Yeah, I think we're gonna win thirteen and a half. I really liked it. Fifteen and a half, you're just asking for uh, for a late touchdown to to screw you over there, but you know what? The Huskies are playing very. Just this is a business trip right now. Let's go down and get revenge on these guys for all those tough losses over the years, and let's just get this one done. Yeah, get some freaking separation there. All right, we'll go get them, dogs. Should we time to get in the rest of the Pac-12? Should yeah. we talk a little bit about it? Okay, before we get into that, just don't forget if you really want like Pac-12 t- content, check out our boys at Twelve Pack Radio. Love what they do. This is really is the the Pac-12 podcast you should get, you should go to. Max Meyer from Sports Illustrated there talking about gambling. I think best way search for them on Twelve Pack Radio wherever you get your podcast. Follow them on Twitter. It's a great freaking show. Those guys are our partners, and we're going to be hanging out with them down in Arizona at the tailgate. 
Um, Brian is full of great food recommendations in Tucson, <laughs> yes, so we better yeah. we better take him up on that. I, I want his advanced stats on Slurpees and tacos. I'd like a taco beta rank. Actually. I'd like a taco That's beta. That's a request for the ne- <laughs> next show. Yeah. That's right. All right. So next one, let's get into our amateur our talks. But we last week Oregon and CU were on buys. Um, Friday night, this was a fun one. Watched it in Sun Valley, Idaho. Um, it was a good one. Seven thirty ASU at number fifteen Cal. Cal favored by four and a half, but it was ASU with a twenty four seventeen win to hand Cal its first loss. And I, I, this is, I think, an absolute sham. Bumps them out of the AP top twenty five with that loss. But top. yeah, that's not a lot of national respect. I think also the fact that they lost Chase Garbers in this game and. You know, we kind of we've ripped on him plenty over the years, but he played really well at Washington, and he's played very well for them this Huge season. And then to lose him, yeah. uh, it's possible the voters are looking at that going, "Well, you don't have a chance without him." And uh, his replacement—I'm blanking on his name right now—but um, the the backup there uh, came in and was all right, but uh, it, they Cal has clearly lost something on offense without him. I mean, it breaks your heart to see Cal lose a heartbreaker like that, but I'm willing to uh, move on with it. My life, BT. What about you? Yeah, it helps the dogs too. You hate to say, look. If it actually came, I don't think in the end it's going to come down to it. But if it did, having that that first loss hung up on him, it helps the Huskies. The next one was interesting. So we get on to Saturday um, after the dogs finished up. It was Stanford at Oregon State on Pac-12 Network. Stanford favored by three and a half. They'd win, but they wouldn't cover. They'd come from behind 31-28 on the last second jet tone or 39-yard field goal. We're going to see him this week. No Jamar Jefferson. Artavis Pierce handles the carries for the Beavers. I don't know how much of this game you watch, buddy. What do you say? Well, the lightning delay threw off my schedule, I have to be honest. Always. I'm tired of the lightning delays already. But I was able to grab this on at three points on our old partners, my bookie, oh, okay. earlier this yeah. week. So I ended up getting my money back. But it, this one was ugly. And this, again, this is two weeks in a row where Stanford's playing the Oregon teams and just has looked so unimpressive and underwhelming to just squeak by Oregon State here. It's the second row in a year they've really struggled with the Beavers. I just think, you know, either the Beavers maybe are on the rise a little bit, or this is really an indication of Stanford and how far they've fallen. Yeah, and for Oregon State, boy, if you weren't going to get this one, this, it's going to be a few and far between as you move forward in the schedule. Night games, we had two of them, man. Seven, it was unranked Wazoo at Reeling, number 19 Utah. Both just really needed a win. And, boy, Utah came out convincingly. 38-13, they would win, they would cover. I'm surprised. The, the most surprising thing about this game to me was just the, how neutered the Wazoo offense was. The vaunted Mike Leach offense looked, frankly, the Utah defense uh, fa- uh, Husky-esque. Was it, them, was, yeah. was, it, was it Fat, Dumb, and Lazy? <laughs> fat, Dumb, and was Entitled. Lazy, right? What title was his quote? Yeah, yeah Entitled. Um, yeah, I mean, Mike Leach's issues aside, the, by the way, Cougars, you knew he was crazy when you hired him. So That's right. You, yeah. just, you have to swallow those yeah, you, comments. You, you ordered crazy, you got it. But I, I think Utah getting back on track here. This is a team, I think, that still has a lot to play for. And even though they lost a tough one against USC, there's not that much on their schedule ahead that's going to be look, looking too intimidating. They got so, a trip to us. They skip Oregon. Um, look, you know. And they, yeah, so yeah, yeah the they other. get that one in Husky Stadium, and they're looking pretty good all of a sudden. Um, they got a bye coming up this week. So, yeah, I, I think Utah still got a lot to play for. They're still a force to be reckoned with. They showed why on uh, on Saturday. Yeah. The last one of the late nights, uh, 7.30 p.m. Thank you, Pac-12 Scheduling Gods. Way to go. So after UCLA has to travel to Pullman, they fly to Tucson to play against an Arizona who was idle the week before. And until anyone proves me otherwise, I'm always going to bet on that team who was idle at home. Zona favored by 7.5. They'd win, but they don't cover. 20-17, to 17, they get that one. Wildcats missing J.J. Taylor and missing Khalil Tate but they get that win with that field goal. What do you say, man? 
So I just I look at Arizona and I think they're probably one of the more interesting teams in the South and in the Pac-12 right now. They just they have a lot uh, of talent in their places in certain places. Defensively, they're starting to kind of get it figured out a little bit. Uh, UCLA coming off, of course, that really emotional late night Pac-12 after dark marathon, right? And it's just too much to ask them to go on the road for a second week in a row. Yeah, and it looked like that was close, though. So great slate of games last week. This one, just four games, man. Cal, ASU, USC, Utah are all idle. So we already talked about the late one, which is going to be the dogs. Uh, they were going to be the dogs at Stanford starting the day, 1.30 on Pac-12 Network. It's 3-1 and Arizona traveling to Boulder at CNO. This is really interesting. Waiting also on 3-0 and and 1-0. So look, if you told me this early, who had the, this week the two of these guys sitting on the top of the Pac-12 South? Yeah, and I think that's why the Pac-12 South is such a mess, right? Is that now one of these teams is going to lose. You're going to have one undefeated team going into the home stretch here, and it's going to be either Arizona or Colorado. It's so crazy. Yeah, so uh, that's why I'm saying Utah and even USC, I think, they still have a lot to play for if you can get your get your team focused and ready. This is a big one, too, for Colorado, who's another one of those teams really, really interesting. They, they've, uh, they've won some nice ones this season, including at home against Nebraska. So maybe they are kind of coming out from the dead. Mel Tucker's got them going in the right direction here. Mm-hmm. I, I could see the Buffs winning this one, um, and I definitely like them at home. So, yeah, I guess give me the Buffs. Four points is kind of a lot. You like that? Four points over under 64. Vegas has this 34-30. You think that's the right line? It could be a shootout. I... I Frankly, I just want to pick the winner. Okay, I don't want to deal with the spread in this one. But if I had to, give me the Colorado. Yeah, home team and look post those injuries. I don't know if J.J. Taylor or Khalil Tate are going to be back, but that's a big one to, to account for. Like, let's see what happens with these guys. Next one, 5 p.m. on Fox. This is a big one. Cal coming off that first loss to ASU. Travels to number 13, Oregon who was idle last week. Again, thank you, Pac-12. Just geniuses. Way to go on this one. The Ducks favored by 18, over under 46 and a half. So Vegas says 32-14 Oregon. Yeah, and this is the game that the Husky fans need to be watching, right? Because the winner of this game basically has the edge and over the rest of the North when they come to to play UW mm-hmm. next, and, and being being Oregon, if they win, they come. They have to come here. But if Oregon wins this one and lo- uses to, loses to UW, you could end up in a three way tie situation with all these teams with one loss. So this is, you know, these are kind of the two of the Pac twelve North heavyweights going at each other right now. Huskies fans need to be watching this one. If the Ducks get this one, then they're going to be the favorites uh, coming into Husky Stadium. I would say that's right. And the next one after that, six p.m. on Pac twelve Network. Two teams coming off a loss and both with just a win apiece. It's just real surprising. One and three. So Oregon State Beavers to the Rose Bowl to face one and four and one and one in conference UCLA Bruins favored by five and a half over under 67 and a half. So Vegas thinks this thing is like 37 to 31 ish. I don't know who gets that second win. So uh, give me the Bruins here. Uh, I, I just for some reason, I just do not trust the Beavers right now, especially defensively. And I think UCLA uh, has just they I want to think that they've turned a little bit of a corner just for some of their fans sake I mean this has just been awful on them uh, not that I feel that much sympathy but uh, I'd rather see Oregon State win but I just I feel like UCLA this is they're starting to piece things together I think they're going to get this one five like, and a half is not much to cover at home it could be like last year where they have a second half surge uh you know where after they look so horrible in the first half of the year but this one will be interesting to watch in the end both playing for some respect right now who continues to uh, to show up for these games all right, dog fans, we got a big one this week. We got to go get that win down at Stanford. Keep the street going. If you're going to be down there in Palo Alto, we're not going to make it. We're bringing the whole dog pod crew down to Arizona, so we won't be there this year. But if you're there, it doesn't take much, but be louder than those home.
home fans, and let's get after it. Let's do it. Go dogs. We got a big one. All right, let's go get them. Go dogs. Get that win. Nope. Touchdown, Washington. Yep. Washington State University. Nope. Touchdown, Washington. Yep. Oregon and Stanford. Nope. Touchdown, Washington. Yep. Is Arizona State a football team? Nope. Touchdown, Washington. 